I'm Victor Stuckey of Stuckey Farms in Plainview, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we had several stories back this spring as we were nearing wheat harvest about how Texas had the worst wheat crop in the nation. Well, thanks to that ongoing drought, it looks like history is repeating itself. As this new wheat crop gets started, we once again have the worst looking wheat crop in the country. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A lack of rain was the big headline maker as crops struggled in the Texas High Plains this season. But heat also did a lot of damage. I'm James Hunt and we'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Texas Coastal Bend farmers and ranchers received some beneficial rainfall this week for fall planted crops and livestock grazing conditions. I'm Tom Nicoletti. I'll have the story on Texas Ag Today. The 2022 election is drawing closer. It's an opportunity for U.S. agriculture to help influence its future. I'm Chad Smith, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The latest crop progress and condition report is out, and it has the first crop ratings of the year on winter wheat. Unfortunately, USDA's Brad Rippey says Texas has the worst rated wheat crop in the country. We do see five states coming in of the 18 reporting states with their winter wheat initial condition report showing more than one third of the crop rated very poor to poor, led by Texas, 65 percent, followed by Kansas, 42 percent, Nebraska, 38 percent, Oklahoma, 36 percent, and fifth, South Dakota, 34 percent, very poor to poor. Here's a breakdown of how the crop ratings came out this week. Only four percent of the Texas wheat crop rated good to excellent, 31 percent rated fair, and as Rippy said, 65% of the Texas wheat crop rated poor to very poor. We are getting close to wrapping up wheat planting here in Texas. 84% of the wheat crop now in the ground. Texas won big at the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis last week. One of the highlights of the convention was the election of a Texan to the National FFA officer team. Ryan Williamson of El Campo was elected National Western Region Vice President. Williamson says becoming a national officer was a very recent goal for him. 
I didn't really know that a national office was going to be on the horizon for me until I was a state officer. And I realized that I was creating a sense of belongingness and, and making sure that I was celebrating students' differences within the FFA. And ultimately, it, it led me to realize that I had more work that I wanted to do to make sure that every student who wears this blue and gold jacket, whether they're from a production agriculture background or from the most urban of settings, that, that they had a belonging, um, they had a place in the FFA. And so uh, that's what I hope to do as a national officer now. Williamson is currently a student at Texas A&M where he's studying business and international trade in agriculture. Russia announced last weekend that they will not allow any more grain exports from Ukraine. That sent the wheat market soaring on Monday and once again reminded the world of the problems war can cause to the food system. I think it's important for us to recognize the role that conflict can play and does play and is playing today as we try to meet the needs of an ever-increasing world population. That's U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, who says food should not be used as a weapon. Food never, ever, ever should be a weapon of war. Uh, It is a sad reality today in Ukraine that it's being used as a weapon of war. That ought not to happen. And we as a world community should say very clearly that it's inappropriate. Russia did an about-face on that announcement on Tuesday, now agreeing to continue to cooperate and allow Ukrainian grain exports. Drought was the big headline grabber in Texas agriculture this year, but James Hunt tells us the extreme heat also did a lot of damage. We tend to think of cotton and heat going together. But when we look back to May and June, when temperatures on many days around the Texas High Plains were running 10, 15, even 20 degrees above normal, Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says that heat was taking a toll. Early in the season, when we are greater than 100 degrees, that's not beneficial for any plant. And so that plant is just surviving. It's not accumulating beneficial heat units. So we had periods of extreme heat, creating a lot of pressure for even our cotton crop early in the season. And that is why on many irrigated fields, we're not seeing the yields that some producers might hope to see. Of course, as we know, local dryland cotton production is pretty much non-existent this season. As for corn, Dr. Bell says you can find some good yields here and there, but production overall is down significantly, with some fields coming in as low as 30 bushels an acre. Fortunately for many corn growers who were facing dismal prospects on the grain side, there was another option. If the corn was not turned in for insurance, many producers were able to take some of the lower yielding corn to silage harvest. And so that was an option for many producers. And that was a benefit because of high silage prices. So even though that ear is a significant component of the tonnage, as well as the nutritive value of corn silage, high silage prices compensated for those lower yields. Overall, we're seeing a lot of variability in the results for corn, cotton, and sorghum around the region, with irrigation capacity often a big decider on which farms managed even decent yields this season. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The last couple of weeks have brought some much-needed rain to many areas of Texas. Tom Nicoletti checks in with the Coastal Bend area to see what kind of rainfall they've gotten in that part of the state. For today's program, we go down to San Patricio County along the coast, and Bobby McCool is my guest. He is County Extension Agent for Agriculture and Natural Resources with the Texas AgriLife Extension Service. And Bobby, to this point this week, about how much rain has fallen in your county and and in the region? 
Well, we have have gotten some really, really nice rains, upwards to three, three and a half inches in parts, and most seem to have gotten inch and a half or better. So very timely rain. Those timely rains are uh, certainly beneficial for agriculture. Uh, explain to us how that's going to help the crops this fall and, and the, the pastures for the livestock. Well, we've been in a dry spell, and so this should be one of those events to help start our cool season annual grasses and clovers and set the farmland up to be ready to go in the spring. It gets real nice rain. What about for the pastures? As cattle ranchers certainly have had uh, issues raising hay and growing hay this year, but uh, this will certainly help. For sure. It'll be beneficial because of the August rains we received. We kind of grew some grass, was able to put up a little hay, but this should extend our uh, growing period a little bit. Some of the, the coastal Bermuda grass have, have kind of started slipping off into somewhat of a dormancy, but they still you know, have some color and some value to them, and this could actually help some of those as well. We're really uh, happy that uh, we were blessed with this rain event, and uh, we're in pretty good shape going into the fall, and this rain event will keep the grass we have in good shape, plus it ought to set off some of our cool season annuals that we have growing in the pastures in this part of Texas. That is Bobby McCool at the San Patricio County Texas AgriLife Extension Service. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The 2022 midterm elections are just days away, and it's an opportunity for U.S. agriculture to help influence its future. Chad Smith has the story from Washington. Election 2022 is an important time for U.S. agriculture and its many stakeholders to cast their votes. John Iverson is a past young farmer and rancher chair and Oregon farmer who says it's more important than ever to make your voice heard. I think if you look at Europe and what's happening with their fuel insecurity, imagine if that was food insecurity and food prices rising, you're relying on other countries for food. And even though we're not there in the United States, it could happen. It seems like agriculture is always under attack. And so it's very important to get people in office that understand agriculture and support agriculture here domestically. And with the farm bill coming up, it's really important that we help shape that farm bill to make it work for farmers. He says young people shouldn't be afraid to get involved in the political process because it's a lot like farming. Farmers plant seeds hoping they'll bear fruit in the future. The political process is no different. The seeds you plant today will bear fruit in the future. And I'd say for young people, it's very important because our timeline of how long we're going to be in the industry and trying to support ourselves with our farms is a long time. And so we want to make sure that the policies we set today will positively impact us down the road if we have negative things going on right now. It just makes it more difficult down the road. So little changes right now can make big differences for us in the future. And so I think it's vitally important for young farmers to be engaged, know how the political process works and know their representatives. And that way, when there is an issue, they can go in the office and they already have that relationship built. He talks about where to go for resources on voting. Our state has a voter pamphlet. I'm guessing most states do. That's always a good spot to start and read and know what the candidates stand for. Two other really good resources is your state farm bureau. A lot of times we'll have resources on candidates they endorse and support and why. But another really good resource is the I Farm I Vote page on the American Farm Bureau's website. It's fb.org slash vote. You can check your registration status. You can find out what district you're in, what candidates are running in your area. So I think that's a really good resource. From Washington, I'm Chad Smith for Texas Ag Today. Wild turkey hunting season is just a few days away. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And thyroid hormone supplementation is often used in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Thyroid hormone supplementation is often used in horses, but Dr. Bob Judd says this supplementation may affect the horse's heart. Although horses do not routinely develop hypothyroidism, lots of horses are on thyroid supplements. A large number of horses are overweight, and in many cases, this is due to equine metabolic syndrome, which causes insulin resistance, weight gain, and laminitis, and is hereditary in many breeds. Also, many older horses have Cushing's disease, which is related to dysfunction of the pituitary gland, and this disease can also cause insulin resistance. Thyroid supplementation is used most commonly in horses to help with weight loss as it increases the basal metabolic rate and decreases insulin resistance, which helps in cases of laminitis. In the past, it was generally believed that supplementation with thyroid medication was not harmful for horses, and that still may be correct in most cases. However, a recent study published in the Journal of Veterinary Cardiology indicates that horses supplemented with thyroid medication are more likely to develop a heart problem called atrial fibrillation. The study involved 23 horses with naturally occurring atrial fibrillation, and results of blood testing found that 60% of the horses had increased thyroid concentrations. And these horses also had a higher heart rate, higher systolic blood pressure, and increased thickness of the left ventricular free wall of the heart. Hyperthyroidism is a predisposing factor for atrial fibrillation in humans, and it seems it can also contribute to this issue in horses. Because of this, supplementing performance horses with thyroid supplementation is not recommended. The decision to supplement horses for insulin resistance with thyroid medication should be made on a case-by-case basis. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fall turkey season is just a few days away. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. As we told you on our last show, the general white-tailed deer hunting season opens this weekend. But it is not the only season to open Saturday. The general fall turkey hunting season also opens November 5th. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, the drought and extreme temperatures for 50-plus days this year took a toll on turkeys. Jason Harden, TPWD's wild turkey program leader, said he doesn't think hunters will see many young birds out on the landscape. But the good news is he says there's good carryover with juvenile and adult hens. So there should still be plenty of birds on the landscape in the two-year-old range. Harden is forecasting an average turkey hunting season across much of the Rio Grande turkeys range in Texas. If it's places where you've turkey hunted in the past and you regularly see birds, they should still be there. He did mention that those who hunt in the eastern rolling plains may not see as many turkeys this year. So a turkey roost that may have at one time had 300 birds on it, today has probably 75 birds on it. So still a lot of birds in that landscape, but when landowners are used to seeing 300 birds on a roost and now they're seeing 75, it's just not what it was. Harden reminds hunters that there is no fall turkey hunting season in East Texas and several other counties. Ellis County, Milam, Matagorda, 
Fayette, a few of those counties along that eastern edge of the Rio Grande Turkey Range does not have a fall season. Always look at your outdoor annual app or the physical outdoor annual or on our website and make sure you do have a fall season if you're going to go out there. He reminds hunters that the bag limit outlined in the outdoor annual is an annual bag limit. So if you're in a county with a four bird bag limit and you bag three in the fall, you can only take one during the spring season. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. A mixed trade for cattle on Wednesday while cotton is limited up and the grain markets take a big drop. We'll look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Russia changed its mind on Wednesday, and that caused another big disruption in the markets. We reported earlier this week that Russia had decided they were not going to allow any exports of Ukrainian grain out of that country anymore. That affected our grain markets. They were sharply higher Monday and Tuesday, and it affected the livestock markets as they were mostly lower. Well, Russia decided Wednesday, well, we changed our mind on that. We are going to allow... The Ukrainian grain exports to continue, that caused our grain markets to tank and gave a good boost to the feeder cattle market. But we'll start with live cattle. They were slightly lower on Wednesday with December live cattle down 55 cents, 151.40. February down 35, 154.90. April live cattle down 37 at 158.50. But as we mentioned, big boost on the feeder cattle market thanks to the drop in grains. November feeders up $2, 178.92. January feeder cattle up $1.80 at 180 even. March feeders up $1.22, 181.92. Cash fed cattle trade still quiet on Wednesday. Feedlots in the south asking 152 to 153. Boxed beef prices were higher Wednesday choice up 79 cents, 263.42. Select up 228 at 235.01. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear the cattle sound in the alleyway, it's time to check out the results at Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers with proprietor Riley Rhodes. Riley, how'd it go? It went pretty good, Larry. Um, ended up with 1,543 head. Uh, thought the market uh, fully steady. Probably a couple, two to four better in, in spots on calves. Uh, kind of turned in the corner, it looks like, a little bit. Uh, cows, uh, same story there. Packer cows, probably steady to $2 higher. Uh, quality was good today and uh, had a lot of lot of activity. Uh, Cow-calf pairs, uh, not many there, 800 to 1,300 on those. Uh, the bread cows, just a handful, 675 up to 1150. Not any strings of anything in the stucker cows this week. Uh, Packer cows, 70 to 78 on your high-yielding cows, 64 to 70 on your breakers.
Packers, 22 to 52 under canners. Halyland Packer Bulls, 92 to 98. Low to medium yielding Bulls, 68 to 92. Two to three weight choice tiers, 160 to 192. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Heifer mates, 134 to 156. Three to four weight choice tiers, 156 to 184. Heifer mates, 134 to 150. Four to five weight choice tiers, 148 to 174. The heifer mates, uh, 134 to 152. Five to six weight choice tiers, 148 to 172. The heifer mates, 136 to 150. Six to seven weight steers, 140 to 156. Heifer mates, 130 to 146. Seven to eight weight steers, 128 to 148. And the heifers, 124 to 140. So uh, got along good. I was pleased with this day. Like I said, they had some uh, good quality mixed in all, all throughout the day, and uh, that's always makes it a little easier to sell them. Uh, but uh, pleased with the market. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week. 361-813-6650 is a sell. 361-786-2553 is the office webpage, liveoaklivestock.com. And we will have a sale. Uh, both, I know it's a little ways away, but both, uh, both Mondays, either side of Thanksgiving, we will be open. Riley, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs. Finish sharply lower in Wednesday's trade. December hogs down a dollar ninety, eighty-three thirty. February hogs down a dollar twenty-five at eighty-seven twenty. Class three milk was higher. November milk up nine cents at twenty sixty-eight a hundred. December milk up five. 1915 100 weights. Another limit up trade in the cotton market on Wednesday. It seems like the traders have decided this market has hit a bottom. And if they're short in this market, they've wanted to buy out those shorts and get back on the long side. Others trying to pick the bottom here and get a bargain and ride it up. So either way, we've seen sharply higher trade on a heavy volume in the last two days. We closed with a nearby December contract up 400 points. That's the limit. 79 cents even. March cotton up 400 closing at 78.64. And that a Russian announcement we talked about earlier, putting big pressure on the grain markets in Wednesday's trade. December corn down 10 and a quarter, 6.87 and a half. March corn down 9 and 3 quarters, 6.92 and 3 quarters. Big drop in the wheat market, December Kansas City wheat down 49 and 3 quarters at 9.40 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat down 56 and a half, 8.46 a bushel. The energy markets higher in Wednesday's trade. December natural gas up 45 cents at 6.17. December crude oil up 82 at 89.19 a barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down 506 points, 32,146. The Nasdaq down 366 at 10,524. The S&P down 96, 3,759. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.